0: 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM
1: 89.3. It's Money FM 89.3, and my next guest is the former host of the weekend morning show right here on Money FM 89.3, Jason Dacey, who is now a journalist with ABC News. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well. Good to speak to you once again, Adrian,
0: from the, the land down under.
1: Yeah. And given the time of COVID-19 and the pandemic, I understand Melbourne imposed this sort of curfew in the last few days. And, you know, what's the latest surrounding that curfew in Melbourne? Yeah, of
0: course. Uh, at the end of last week, Victoria entered into a circuit break, a five-day lockdown from Saturday, in an attempt to prevent a third wave of coronavirus. That was announced by the Premier Daniel Andrews. That was because of the, you know, the worry about the UK variant outbreak uh, and some. I guess, breaches in hotel quarantine. So, of course, Melbourne's got the worst of things over the past year or so when it comes to Australia, the most deaths, the most infections, the most lockdowns. But the good news is that um, Dan Andrews is now saying that things are on track to be lifted tonight wednesday night after these five days because of uh, the good response that we've seen in the last uh, few days because of this lockdown daniel andrews says the state's well placed to end its five-day lockdown tonight and of course that has implications uh, on the australian open as well because that's taking place at the moment in melbourne without crowds because of uh, what happened at the end of last week so we have our fingers crossed that uh, the lockdown is lifted and we can see the crowds returning to Melbourne Park,
1: Jason. Before you know getting to the Australian Open, I just want to throw a question your way. You mentioned the hotels and the outbreak there. Initially, Australia experienced a similar spike in cases because of the hotels and people weren't following COVID rules and so on. Why is this such a constant problem?
0: I think because you know it's getting more and more infectious with these different variants. You know, the latest uh, breach we saw was with the Holiday Inn at the airport. Tullamarine Airport in Melbourne or I mean, many Singaporeans will be familiar with that airport I know a lot of Singaporeans have studied in Melbourne have relatives there they may own real estate it's because of uh, this virus keeps changing and it throws a lot of challenges and unless you're a hundred percent you know severe in, in the way that you approach things there are chances that things uh, can change so Melbournians you can imagine I've got a lot of colleagues uh, from ABC Australia where I'm working at the moment uh, you know they were saying oh my 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 God, here we go again into another lockdown. So they went back to what they experienced last year. But the signs are good that uh, it will be lifted uh, in just a few hours time tonight ahead of, um, you know, the business end of the Australian Open and many other activities that we enjoy in Melbourne um, during the summer months.
1: Yeah. And when we last talked, we were previewing the Australian Open and, of course, getting to the business end. But the last couple of days, no crowds in Melbourne Park which is you know being quite upsetting for the locals towards the men's side of the draw were you disappointed by the performance of you know someone like Nick Kyrgios and uh, Tanassis Kokonakis?
0: Yeah I mean it's uh, not been great for Australians men in the Australian Open Nick Kyrgios losing to Dominic Thiem the world number three and team then losing the next match after that. Kyrgios is a big entertainer here and uh, we always have high hopes for him but he I mean, he went to a two-sets-to-love lead against team and, and couldn't finish it out. And also, Alex DiMeneur, the Australian number one, lost, surprisingly, to Italy's Fabio Fognini that was uh, in the third round, losing 6-4, 6-3, 6-4 the other day on Saturday night, again, with no fans there at Melbourne Park. So, you know, we're still waiting for the next Leighton Hewitt or Pat Rafter. Uh, I think the current crop of uh, Australian men's players are a decent – but uh, they aren't uh, consistent in the same way that uh, Leighton Hewitt was and Pat Rafter were.
1: We're in conversation with ABC journalist Jason Dacey, former host of the Weekend Morning Show, right here on Money FM 89.3. Jason, vaccines have been delivered to Australia and New Zealand, and the plane carrying those vaccines was a Singapore Airlines aircraft. What's been the latest news? How has Australia welcomed these vaccines?
0: Yeah, we saw a a lovely uh, Singapore Airlines jet touchdown on Monday, and it brought 142,000 doses of the Pfizer vaccine all the way from Europe. And uh, seeing the SQ logo made me a bit nostalgic. There at Sydney, touchdown just after midday on Monday. And uh, we are going to see 80,000 of those doses Released next week, and obviously they're going to prioritise the aged care and disability care residents and health workers. And Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, says that um, you know 10 million people will be uh, vaccinated. Uh, you know, within a, a fairly short period of time. There was concern at one point that the EU wouldn't release these Pfizer vaccines, but they have come. And Greg Hunt, the Health Minister, says that the states and territories are magnificently prepared to give these vaccinations uh, so yeah the, the plan is that 2 million people will be vaccinated by the end of march and it's the largest logistical challenge since world war II for australia our population around 25 million so you know to get you know 10 million people vaccinated pretty pretty soon would be an, an incredible achievement
1: fantastic news you know the vaccines finally arriving in australia and you know some sort of normal being Established once again, sticking with sport, Jason, the Olympic swimmer, Scott Miller, has been arrested after police claimed $2 million of ice was found in candles.
0: Yeah, this is a really big story that uh, broke yesterday on Tuesday and police alleging that Olympic swimmer Scott Miller was the director of a drug syndicate that was trying to deliver $2 million worth of ice to the town of Albury on the New South Wales Victorian border. Scott Miller is uh, very famous in Australia. He won a silver medal at the 1996 Atlanta Olympics. Uh, he was arrested at his uh, fancy waterfront home in Sydney on Tuesday morning after a police sting that uh, alleged that the ice was held inside candles. It was hidden inside candles. So this is making big headlines down here. I mean, Scott Miller, since he retired from swimming, has had a bit of a a troubled time. So we have to see the whole uh, details and and all the facts come out of this. But uh, really a distressing development for people who are sports fans. He was a butterfly swimmer who represented Australia at the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta. And he was also married to a television personality who sadly died of suicide in 2014. So this is a very big story. And you can imagine when a... Olympic swimmer who's won Olympic medals uh, gets arrested, it makes big news.
1: A major coup for the police in Australia, but a sad time for the sport in Australia. On to, you know, happier news to round everything up over the weekend. We celebrated Chinese New Year here in Singapore and all around the world. For those who do celebrate a time for reunion dinners and catching up with family and friends and loved ones. Jason, you caught up with your mum in Sydney how was that you know having not seen her in so long
0: yeah this is a big thrill for me because as uh, some of the listeners know I, I grew up in Sydney but now I live in Brisbane my family is up here and uh, my wife and daughter. So it's been over a year since I saw my mum. She's uh, turning 86 next month. And uh, you know, before we had to quarantine in hotels when we flew back from Sydney, but the uh, Queensland state government lifted these restrictions uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So I took the opportunity to fly down to see her, stayed with her in the, you know, in the north of, of Sydney. We spent time together with my brothers and uh, it was a bit surreal actually, because a lot of people are still a bit scared to fly and the airports are very, very quiet at the moment. Um, Social distancing on the aircraft and, uh, you know, the tickets are quite cheap. So you always have that fear, Adrian, that you're down in Sydney or Melbourne. We saw that happen in Melbourne and went into lockdown. So I was always wondering and looking at the news and seeing what was happening, you know, to make sure that, you know, Sydney didn't go into lockdown. There weren't any cases, but I was able to return and um, actually was able to celebrate part of the Chinese New Year festivities with my wife and daughter here in Brisbane and there are actually a lot of things going on in Brisbane when it comes to Chinese New Year. Some Singaporeans who have travelled to Brisbane would know the Fortitude Valley area. And um, my friends actually attended something in Fortitude Valley. They had a Chinese New Year celebration, you know, they had lion dance, they had drummers. It was a really good time. You know, Fortitude Valley itself is kind of a, a bit of a contradiction. It's got this rawness, yet it's kind of got the sophistication of nightclubs and all that. So you've got this part of Chinatown, which is in the inner city of Brisbane, but you've also got an area called Sunnybank, which is in the southern suburbs. And really, this is where my wife goes for dim sum. You know, where she buys the Chinese vegetables and the Chinese products and the Asian uh, delicacies. That's in Sunnybank. So, you know, if anyone in Singapore is ever able to get out to Brisbane and Queensland once the borders uh, reopen, I definitely suggest them. You know, checking out Fortitude Valley and also Sunnybank to get their dose of Chinese culture.
1: Sounds like an exciting time for you to catch up with your mom and, of course, spend Chinese New Year with your family. But Jason, before we go, what was the feeling like to be finally back on a plane?
0: Yeah, it's been so long. I think the last time I was on a plane was when I was uh, flying... To work on Money FM, filling in on uh, on the breakfast huddle, uh, you know, with my friends at Money FM, and that was well over a year ago, so it was kind of surreal. You know, I wasn't really confident to kind of eat any food that they served, and I was wearing a mask, of course, and I was making sure I was sanitising my hands. You're always kind of looking around and wondering, you know, whether you're going to get it, because of course you can take all the steps that you want, but there's always the luck of the draw. There's always that chance that you could possibly get it. But I've been back for. A few days now and everything seems fine but gotta mention that when i was in sydney i actually met a singaporean guy in an area called spice alley it's near central station in sydney and it's like a kind of, a, a kind of hawker-centre environment, and, and some Singaporeans who've been to Sydney would, would know it, and I had some of the best Singaporean food I've ever had in Australia at Spice Alley, near Central Station off Broadway. So uh, definitely to get to Sydney, you get better quality of Southeast Asian food. I mean, Brisbane has pretty good Southeast Asian food, but Sydney, with a larger population, it definitely, I guess, has the edge when it comes to, you know, favourite Singapore fare.
1: And over the weekend, I'm sure everyone ate way too much food for their own well-being but it was a time of celebration and now you know we can focus on the months ahead we've been speaking to jason Dacey. he is an abc journalist and former host of the weekend morning show right here on money fm 89.3 jason thank you so much for your time and i look forward to catching up with you soon
0: thanks adrian and happy new year to all the singapore listeners out there it's going to be a great year of the ox let's hope